we are on to week 14 with the top 10 plays on the slate and let's start it off right away ladies and gentlemen and you beautiful fellas 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 with the top five running backs right now the number five running back on the slate as of the current news that we have of this recording come on down the newly found hands the newly found hands to catch that bread and maybe even make some more now the contract is almost over in las vegas josh jacobs hey mr josh jacobs coming off a career high nine receptions but over the last month of the season the man's seen 21 receptions and now you have no Kenyon drake who broke his ankle prayers up to him you have peyton barber in that backfield who's not much and then jane liversard who is dealing with COVID and might return for this game he is a pass catcher for sure but this usage has been stable all season long and now you get josh jacobs right here on my projections you can check him out down below in the description 15.4 fantasy projection at 6200 dollars. his team has a 20 point implied total it's not good they're nearly 10 point underdogs to the kansas city chiefs but this newfound pass catching role and i don't think that off of covid Jalen richard's gonna come right back and be a massive threat i mean Jalen richard was the the john gruden lover boy like that's the only reason why Jalen richard is still on this roster is because john gruden loved him when there's a more talented player and Josh Jacobs out there, he's going to stay on the field more. So even if you're down by 10, hey, I'll take another, maybe not nine target, nine reception game, but five reception game at this price point, it starts to look good. This is a really strong price range, by the way, it kind of lead into some of these other players. He's going to have a positive 13% run blocking advantage while the game is close. And look, it's a 10 point spread, but this game could be a seven point game for most of the time. I mean, it's a neutral game script at that point, And he faces the number 29 ranked Chiefs run defense. Quietly this season, you have Josh Jacobs having 14 or more fantasy points, which is a solid projection at this price point even. You want more than that, but it's not killing your lineups if he only goes for 14, 15 in 7 out of 10 games. And he has 11 or more fantasy points in 9 out of 10, 90%. The easy math there for you. So this is a interesting spot for Jacobs, who now is a top 12 running back in target share and also just overall volume of targets. Now, Jacobs is number 5. And if there's some honorable mentions, guys who are just missing out, Jamal Williams will be in that range if Swift is indeed out. Elijah Mitchell, if Kamara returns, these guys are all in that range of being in the top 5 but they just miss out in the projections down below. Now, we'll transition into the number four running back on the slate. And this number four running back on the slate is going to be a man who will end up actually being the number one if another running back in his backfield is indeed out. And he was the number one running back in fantasy in week 13 in his first ever start. The rookie out of UNC, Javante Williams. Everybody saw him do it in prime time. If you haven't, you probably heard about it. He absolutely popped off in prime time. He had 32 opportunities. He saw nine targets. He breaks through 100 yards. He has a receiving touchdown and over 70 receiving yards. And he was the number one running back for over 32 DraftKings points. Ended up being in a primetime game on Sunday Night Football. Javante Williams is my number four graded running back, and that's assuming Melvin Gordon returns. I'm giving Javante Williams, instead of his 49% snap share in the season, I'm giving him the majority of the workload here, 60 to 65% of the snaps, even if Gordon is back. I think he's one earned more of that, and I don't think Gordon will be fully healthy back from this injury. So at worst, I think that Javante Williams is a top five running back play this week against the Detroit Lions defense that ranks dead last in tackling, 32nd, and bottom five, borderline bottom five in overall run defense. This is a solid matchup. If there's no Melvin Gordon, he becomes the number one play in the week, and it's not going to shock anybody. He becomes the number one play on the week this week, the rookie Javante Williams, and then we monitor ownership to see if we have to get away from it. But at this price point, I don't think you do that. So with Melvin Gordon even in, I have him for 14.8 fantasy points. And this team, this Denver team, in this good of a matchup, a four-point favorite with a very nice 25-point team total. You don't see them having that good of an advantage most of the time. A positive 36% run blocking advantage is one of the better ones of the matchup for these Denver running backs. And yeah, we saw that fantastic first game. He saw 80% of the snaps. He saw an elite overall workload 
in that game. And even with Melvin Gordon playing in some of these games, I mean, this is the last four games for Javante Williams. And three out of four of those games, including what you just saw in week 13, he has 110 or, or total yards or more. 110 total yards or more. So that's good, even with Melvin Gordon in for two of those. He has at least two red zone touches or more in each game. He has 17 or more opportunities in three out of four of the games. And he has back-to-back games now, 20-plus fantasy points. I mean, he is a surefire. I mean, next year, where is he going to go? First-round pick if Melvin Gordon is not there. First-round pick for Javante Williams, top five. If, if he can close off this year hard, I mean, there's a lot of upside here for him to have that Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor type hype. So Javante Williams is looking solid for me where he sits right now. And before we get into the number three running back play, I'll let you know about a prop that I've taken on prize picks. I've taken the over 230 and a half passing yards in a great matchup against the Texans for Russell Wilson. There's a lot more we'll talk about Russell Wilson when we maybe, and spoiler alert, talk about one of his receivers when we get to the top five values on wide receiver in this video. But Russell Wilson is somebody who, I mean, he looked fantastic. His season high efficiency, 81% completion percentage in that last game. It looks like he's over this finger injury now, about a month and a half removed from it. So we like Russell Wilson, over 230 and a half passing yards. And this matchup against the Texans, I have him in the 270s. If you want to take this prop right here that's on the screen, over 230 and a half passing yards, you can get a free bet up to $100 on this site called prizepicks.com if you use the code SAL. My name, my first name, S-A-L. You get a free bet up to $100. Take advantage of it. So the number three running back on the slate. Now we start to get into this range where, look, you have a $5,900 Javante Williams, $6,200 Josh Jacobs. The slate in general, you don't have in a ton of insane value. CMC is hurt. Jonathan Taylor isn't on the slate or in a ton of, not values. There's values, but insanely priced players, right? I mean, Eckler at $8,300 is the most expensive. So this mid-range naturally is going to be a spot where we find a lot of plays. And hopefully later in the week, as we get to the final thoughts and we get to the that one dude, we can start talking in depth about the leverage plays which players in this range are not going to be owned i have a feeling that this player is going to be owned though and you can check out my early ownership projections on patreon down below but antonio gibson another player in this price range at six thousand dollars i have him for 15 and a half fantasy points a 22 and a half implied team total and he's about a five point underdog so here's the thing jd mckissick is expected back from his concussion we'll track that throughout the week but he's expected back from his concussion and antonio gibson in the last two games with mckissick out i mean he's seeing like 13 targets he's seeing the targets flow in a little bit i don't know how sticky those are going to be but the thing that is impressive is since the week nine by and now this is four games for antonio gibson since that time he is a top five running back in the nfl he is now the number overall 11 running back on the season and he's had 27 and a half opportunities per game since that week nine by he's coming off of a game this past week where he saw 29 of 33 possible opportunities out of the running backs that's 88 percent. that's elite usage 88 percent would basically be top two in the nfl up there with Najee harris over the course of a season that being said mckissick is due back but i think mckissick coming back just limits his projection from being in like the 17 or 18s and it keeps him here at a still a very solid projection for the price tag so what else you're getting since that week nine buys is 22 or more fantasy points in three out of four games right the only bad week was week 11 where he still saw 19 carries just the game script didn't allow him to run many routes he only ran four routes and saw no targets and he just missed a 100 yard bonus by five yards 19 carries for 95 yards is still a pretty damn solid game you're getting five yards per clip there it just didn't translate he had a fumble in that game he played his least snaps of the season basically in the 40 45 percent range so it was just an overall weird game but he still saw 19 opportunities right still a solid real life game on five yards per clip on the season he's top five in rushing yards he's number four in red zone touches he has that role security he's number seven in yards created meaning that he can do it independent of his offensive line and offense and washington football team is number five in rushing plays per game so he is looks to be fine looks to be healed from these hairline fractures the stress fractures that were in his feet and his ankles and his legs and whatever it might have been he's looking good as a number three play now i do think he picks up ownership because he just delivered for people last week people like that he's trending in the right direction getting all these touches i'm talking about him people are talking about him so i think the number two value play for me who i actually like this week a terrible situation for him in terms of the offensive line his offense surrounding him the quarterback he'll have to play with this week but i think he might end up being a leverage play 
right? He might end up being a really good leverage play at the exact same price as Antonio Gibson, $6,000 Saquon Barkley I have for 15.6 fantasy points. So the same price and basically the same projection. They're both not in great spots. I mean, Saquon, a 17 and a half team implied total is terrible as a 10 and a half point underdog. Likely his starting quarterback is Jake Fromm, who had a fine preseason with like the Buffalo Bills. Didn't even know he was on the Giants until this week. I'm not even sure Jake Fromm or Saquon knew that he was on the team, right? But you're going to get a good matchup here. I mean, the Chargers ranked 23rd in run defense. Last week, they kind of sold out to stop the run against a, a Bengals team that wanted to establish it. 30 plus touches to mix in the two previous weeks before that. I don't know what they're going to do here. I don't know if they're going to sell out to stop the run in Saquon Barkley as much as they did in that game when they got a 24-0 lead and they didn't really have to worry about the run. So it's kind of skewed the stats because the Bengals are playing catch-up for most of that game. But a positive 36% run blocking match is just one of the rare scenarios where you're getting a positive matchup for this offensive line of New York Giants. That doesn't happen often. And I'm going to expect some heavy workload from Saquon Barkley in this game. Who else are you going to rely on? I mean, Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony are maybe not back. You have now a rib injury uh, for Kenny Galladay. So who else are you going to rely on, right? You might as well check it down a bunch like they did last week with Mike Glennon, nine checkdowns to Saquon Barkley in that game. So Saquon Barkley Barkley in his last two games where he's been fully healthy, not limited, his last two fully healthy games, weeks 12 and 13. Week 12, you see 18 opportunities on 82% of the snaps, five targets. And then last week, 20 opportunities on 78% of the snaps. So he's getting a full-time role. He sees a very solid nine targets last week. So your biggest concern is a 17 and a half point team total. How often are they going to be in the red zone? I mean, he's the biggest threat, but you're getting a workhorse back here, a three down back, playing a lot of snaps and seeing opportunities. And oh yeah, the targets are there. So I do think like if this week you see Antonio Gibson, he was like 20% owned last week. If he's 20% owned this week, and Saquon's pushing like 8 to 10% ownership. I'll take half the ownership because I have them at similar projections and they're both going to be hovering right around 20 opportunities in this game. So I think that's an interesting spot for Saquon Barkley. Again, the reason why nobody wants to play him, just like Miles Sanders burning people in the past, is because he's in a terrible offense. It's not looking good. I mean, last week, Miles Sanders had Gardner Minshew. We like that spot, right? I get it. A much better offensive line and run blocking team. But I do think there's some leverage opportunities every single week. Early on, this is looking like one of them, but we'll check back as the ownership comes in later in the week. Now, the number one running back play on the entire week is somebody who looks absolutely fantastic this week. All the news that we've gotten up until this point as I record this midweek is only getting better for this individual player. And that man's name is Austin Eckler. And the news that I'm talking about is that Keenan Allen is unlikely to play. I mean, it's we have yet to see a player this year test earlier in the week positive for COVID and be able to test back out by the end of the week. So maybe he does play, but I'm not expecting him to play. Austin Eckler even said in an interview with Matt Kelly and Roto Underworld that he does not expect Keenan Allen to play, that he's unlikely to play. So now you get Austin Eckler, who is going to be maybe the biggest benefactory, going to be maybe the number one target now in this offense with Keenan Allen out there in those short to intermediate passes. I mean, Josh Palmer will fill in for Keenan Allen. He fits that mold. He's 210 pounds. He's like six foot two. So he fits that mold pretty nicely. But but I think more trust and more security in the checkdowns for those five, six, seven yard passes are going to go to Eckler now since Allen's not out there. So I, I have Eckler at $8,300 for 22.4 fantasy points. A 28 implied team total is the second highest in the slate, only behind the Chiefs. And he's a 10 point favorite. So all that looks fantastic for Austin Eckler. He has a positive 59% run blocking advantage against the Giants, who are a bottom five run defense. Right now, he already has a matchup. The Giants allow 105 rushing yards per game, the sixth most in the NFL. Over his last six games, he's seeing 19.2 opportunities per game since he's been healthy. A 15 percent target share amongst running backs is top five in the NFL. Again, that's only those six targets per game that comes out to are only likely to rise with Keenan Allen out. And now what are you getting? Well, you're getting a guy who leads the running backs in receiving yards. He's second in routes run with 24 in the season. He's had 20 plus fantasy points in each of his last three games, seeing five or more receptions in each of those games. Everything looks good for Austin Eckler. The floor, 
the median projection and the massive ceiling and oh yeah the fact that there's not really any other expensive running backs makes it easy to just go up and get him so i like eckler this week i think a lot of people likely will i expect his ownership to be around 18 to 16 percent so get different somewhere else in your lineup i take eckler over 53 and a half rushing yards this week in the good matchup with the 10 point favorite i have eckler for 74 rushing yards in my projections so over 53 and a half we take that you can combine it with the russell uh, russell wilson prop if you want to you can take that with something else and if you use the code sal right limited time offer right now as the season in the year 2021 is ending so they'll probably change some promotions get in code sal and price picks com free bet up to a hundred dollars so there's your top five running backs and now we'll transition into the top five wide receivers and the number five wide receiver is attached he's tethered to russ wilson and this man i like a lot i put out a tweet earlier in the day about him sixty five hundred dollar the price keeps dropping now on dk metcalf 16.6 fantasy points a 25 point implied total and russell wilson coming off of the best game of his his season i was gonna say career but his season so far in terms of efficiency this is a great spot for dk metcalf for a couple of reasons one the price point is dropping and if anything people are going to be a butt hurt from i mean they just haven't been playing him anyways but if you were one of the people who took the bullet i played him in my single entry lineup last week only gets 11 points it's not great but all the underlying usage was great for him and now he gets a matchup against the number 29 secondary in houston oh yeah who allows the 10th most passing yards per game to wide receivers metcalf plays 81 percent of the time on the outside so who are the outside cornerbacks for the texans well it's going to be mr king and mr mitchell and king on the season is allowing a 78 7 catch rate it's one of the worst on the season mitchell's been a little bit better but he only weighs 190 pounds and dk metcalf is a monster he's 228 pounds the last time he was tested so 38 pound advantage on that side and the other side of guy was just giving up receptions this is obviously a fantastic spot not only for dk metcalf but lockett to an extent lockett's kind of close up here on these top receiver values as well he's kind of just missing the page he's in my top 10 uh, wide receiver values as well but i like metcalf a little more just for obvious reasons i think he has a better red zone role and in general, I think he's just a better receiver. And oh yeah, this week he's cheaper. But let's just look at some of the stuff, right? From last week, he's seen a seven targets per game, a strong 25% target share. Russ finally looked good, 81% completion last week. And the stats that he put up was five catches, 60 yards, and eight targets. Nothing to ride home about. But let's look at the underlying stats. He had two red zone targets, so that's good. He was tackled on the one-year-old line in that game. And one of the red zone targets, I mean, it should have been a reception. It should have been pass interference, if anything. So the usage was good from that regard. But then let's look at this, 137 air yards, the most he's seen since week three and in that week three game he saw six catches 170 yards and a touchdown 25.7 fantasy points his second best performance on the season so you get the matchup you get russ looking better and you get all these underlying stats with the price decreasing and him likely to be lower owned than tyler locker this week we like that a lot and we take the over on price picks 59 and a half receiving yards of mr dk metcalf there's a chance he's a low on play this week we'll watch it as the week goes on now that a couple thousand of you are watching this we'll see how the ownership is going to be impacted by me saying his name a couple times in this video and as the week goes on but yes dk metcalf over 59 and a half receiving yards we like that as our third prop we've taken he's our number five wide receiver value the number four wide receiver value is somebody who is coming off a bye and the week before he faced the team that he's facing this week and can you think about it can you do the math it's the cleveland browns yet again facing the baltimore ravens it's 5400 jarvis landry i have him for 14.2 fantasy points with a 22 and a half point team total here and he gets baltimore secondary that ranks 23rd but I mean, 23rd is clearly bottom 10 in the NFL. It's not good, right? Easy math there. Bottom 10 in the NFL, 23rd, and the numbers add up. But the other thing is that it's worse than that. They just lost Marlon Humphrey for the season. They have been trending as a bottom five secondary over the last month of the season, and now they lose their best player, right? They already lost Marcus Peters before the season. This team is dealing with so many injuries, not only on defense, but on offense. And now Marlon Humphreys is gone, who, oh yeah, before the bye week, Jarvis Landry faced this team. He had his best game of the season when he went for six catches, 111 yards, 10 targets, over 100 air yards for the first time this year. 
and he was primarily defended by Marlon Humphrey. So now he's going to primarily go into the slot and probably be defended by a Tavon Young, who's been hurt for most of this season, including the last couple of weeks. This is yet again a good spot for Jarvis Landry, who leads this team in target share at 24%. Now that 24% doesn't add up to a high volume passing targets. It's just six and a half, but it's kind of similar to a DK Metcalf, 25% target share, seven targets per game. These low volume offenses, you're not going to get a lot, but when you're the main guy there at a decent price tag and likely average to low ownership, in a good matchup, it starts to look good. And unlike DK Metcalf, I mean, even cheaper. DK himself is cheap, but even cheaper, $1,100 cheaper, is Jarvis Landry, who now Jarvis Landry in back-to-back -back games has 14-plus fantasy points, who over those last two games has a 30% target share, not a 24%, with no Odell out there, and him being the main guy, no Anthony Schwartz out there, right? Kareem Hunt only being out there for one of those games. We'll see how much his role increases, but there's no other receivers. They're throwing a Donovan Peoples-Jones. Rashad Higgins has his own issues that he's dealing with. So the 18 targets, 30% target share over the last two games. He's the clear and obvious target for Baker, who, again, he he's even banged up. So we said last week that Michael Pittman was kind of like the sketchy guy in, in, in the range of the top five wide receivers that I can stay away from great matchup against the Texans, but a low volume offense, maybe they run it a little bit more and it ended up ringing true. Landry kind of fits that mold this week where I think the projection is fine. You start to question the ceiling on how much he can actually do from a ceiling perspective. So in your smaller field tournaments is where Landry likely becomes a better play. Your larger field GPPs, I probably can separate myself a little bit more. So he's number four. We now crack into the top three wide receivers. And the number three wide receiver is going to be a guy that I, I mean, I love these dudes. Uh, not only is Eckler going to benefit from the Chargers, the Chargers look fantastic this week in general. So easy, easy, easy of a team. Herbert at 7,100 this week, such an easy team to stack up. Mike Williams at $6,000 flat. We played Mike Williams. I played him in my single entry lineup last week. He played fantastic. He had 100 plus yard game and he had 92 yards in the first quarter. I wish we could have gotten a little bit more. He had a red zone target. I have him for 16.9 fantasy points in a 28 point team total, just like Eckler, the second highest in the slate. He gets a bottom 10 secondary in the New York Giants, where Williams plays 83% of his snaps on the outside. Keenan Allen's usually in the slot. That will likely be this week. Josh Palmer, maybe a mixture of tight ends going to the slot a little bit, but 81% of the time. So who are the outside cornerbacks for the New York Giants? Well, the first one is going to be James Bradbury, who some of you might know. He's not playing as good this year, right? Like three years ago, he was with the Panthers. He was a lockdown corner. I mean, the, the windows on these cornerbacks, unless you're Jalen Ramsey, don't last that long. So he's just playing fine. Like not bad, not great, but fine. He's allowing a 70% catch rate. And on the opposite side, you have Croson, who's been very limited so far. I don't even know if he'll be starting in this game. Very limited, undersized for the most part. So it's a fine matchup for Mike Williams. You're not concerned about that. He'll move into the slot maybe 20% of the time or so. So he's been seeing a solid target share this year. 7.8 targets per game. You like to see that for Mike Williams. And now that should only increase from instead of being like a 21% target share to 20 to 28% with no Keenan Allen. He plays for the Chargers, who are number three in passing plays per game. You saw last week, finally, finally after a month or so, a month to a month and a half since really the Browns game, you saw Justin Herbert being allowed to throw downfield. I don't know why the game plan was not allowing him to throw downfield more. And what happens when that happened? Well, they get up to a 24-0 lead. You have jump balls twice in the first quarter for Mike Williams looking good. He sees his first 100-yard air yard game since week five and ended up translating to the 100-yard receiving game on seven targets. He now has 19 or more fantasy points in two of his last three games. So expect more downfield usage. Mike Williams, who doesn't leave the field, number 10 in routes run per game in the NFL amongst receivers, now has no Keenan Allen out there. Even better for Mike Williams. I like him a lot this week. Stacking him up with the Chargers in general looks good. Stacking him up with another player who's going to be on this list, spoiler alert from the Chargers, looks good as well. And that player is not number two, so he is number one. The number two guy, though, is a player who a lot of people might be a little bit hesitant on this week, and I think we might be able to get some leverage because of that. The number two wide receiver this week, and a lot of these guys are in the mid-range, guys. A lot of them. You don't have Cooper Cup on the main slate, right? So many of these guys 
are in the mid-range. Like, we talked about all the receivers being in the mid-range. Who else is in the mid-range that we just talked about? DK, Metcalf, Landry, all of them, Mike Williams, and so is $5,700 DJ Moore. So the mid-range is going to be where a lot of great plays are this week, which means if there's great plays there, ownership is going to come in on the mid-range, which means if you start to go up towards those guys at the top, right, You start and, and at the running back position, there's really nobody. Maybe you go up to the top and get different with, like, a, a Leonard Fournette yet again for the third week in a row. Maybe you go up to the top and get different with a Joe Mixon. We'll see what the ownership is looking like. But at the wide receiver position, I mean, you have Tyree Kill up there who's coming off of one of the worst games, if not the worst game of his career with the Patrick Mahomes era. You have Stefan Diggs coming off of a bad game, but the weather really did that one. And then you drop down to already being in the, in the low 7K range since Keenan Allen is out. So there's not overall a lot of ways to spend your money this week. I think spending your money, you're going to be able to do it by paying up for the stud quarterbacks, maybe paying up since all the stud tight ends are on the slate, right? But for the most part, running back, wide receiver, mid-range is pretty loaded, if not the lower to middle range, right? So number two, DJ Moore at 5,700. I'm for 17 and a half fantasy points. That might seem like a lot. 23-point team implied total, a matchup against the number 26 Atlanta secondary. There are second is terrible, but they have one really good piece in that secondary, and DJ Moore has seen him once this year. They have AJ Terrell in that secondary, who allows just 0.35 yards per cover out. He's been one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL this year. I mean, it might literally go, AJ Terrell might be the best cornerback in the NFL this year. Like, Ram Ramsey's up there, but Ramsey's playing this different hybrid role in the middle of the field slot cornerback. Terrell might literally be the best lockdown cornerback in the NFL second year player. You saw DJ Moore play against AJ Terrell uh, in, earlier this year, and he ended up posting four catches, 59 yards on eight targets. So, like 10 fantasy points, 9.9. But we have to look a little bit more into that. He was playing with Sam Darnold, who had a 48% completion percentage in that game. DJ Moore, I don't think, is going to get shadowed by AJ Terrell. DJ Moore moves into the slot enough about a third of the time so that he'll get away from AJ Terrell at least that much. So let's not just look at that one sample because, again, Sam Darnold completed 48% of his passes. If you're an NFL quarterback completing below 60% of your passes, that's alarming. Below 50% is like, what are you even doing out there on the field? I mean, it was atrocious. But when you start to look at this, you see DJ Moore's coming off of a bye, so his name's not in the media as much. The week before that, it was like the worst game ever for Cam Newton getting pulled for PJ Walker, not even throwing for 100 yards in like three and a half quarters. It was terrible. And even in that game, DJ Moore, with a combination of those two quarterbacks, yeah, he went for over 100 yards, right? He went for over 100 yards in that game. So that's how good he is. But on the season, he's top five in target share, 28.5%. If you remember the first month of five weeks of the season, he was like the best wide receiver in the NFL. Everybody loved him. And that's kind of cooled off since Sam Darnold has struggled in the quarterbacks in general. But he's seeing over nine targets per game. He still hit that 100 plus yards and 10 targets with a combo of Cam Newton and PJ Walker playing as bad as you can before the bye week. And you would hope at least after the bye week, they can script at least the first, first quarter of the game to look good here. But DJ Moore, I'm expecting not that high of ownership. He's in a price range around. Mike Williams, who is definitely going to get a little bit more popular this week. He's in a price range around all those other running backs. Right there is Antonio Gibson, right? Some of the other running backs of Elijah Mitchell plays is only like $1,000 more. So he's in that mid-range where I think people are just going to overlook him. They're going to say, ah, Cam Newton, I don't want to go back there. But the matchup is actually solid. When he's not next, even when even when AJ Terrell's on him, DJ Moore is one of these wide receivers. I'm not too concerned about the overall matchup. So DJ Moore looks pretty solid. The dude doesn't leave the field. He's top 10 in routes run. He's number 15 in target rate. He's number 12 in wide receiver snaps at 88%. DJ Moore, the number two wide receiver. Now, the number one receiver, I said he's from the same team as Mike Williams and Mr. Austin Eckler. And he's the flat minimum, $3,000, the rookie, Joshua Palmer. At $3,000, I have Josh Palmer for nine and a half fantasy points, 28-point team total. He's by far the best flat minimum play. He's by far the best value play on the entire week if you're looking for cheap guys. And he gets that same matchup that Mike Williams is getting on the outside. He'll likely see the slot more. Keenan Allen's not playing. He's played 41% of his snaps. The majority of Josh Palmer's snaps have been from the slot. So I think you'll see Robinson, if Robinson is still going to play the slot this week, who is about 20 pounds less than Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer is this, not the exact same extent as Chris Godwin. Godwin's got like 10 more pounds on him, but he's this Chris Godwin plus size receiver that can play out of the slot. He's the six foot two, 
10, 215 pound wide receiver who has that edge in the slot. And now his quarterback, he's tethered in a good game environment with now a lot more opportunities tethered to Justin Herbert at $3,000 flat. It looks good. Like he is a better receiver than Jalen Guyton. So he might actually be the best receiver on the field, not counting Austin Eckler. Like Mike Williams is, is clearly like, if we really want to argue the best receiver on the field for his skill set. But if you're talking about the overall for what they're trying to replace from Keenan Allen, Guyton's not going to replace that. Mike Williams isn't going to replace Keenan Allen. It's going to be Josh Palmer's skill set going to be able to replace that. So for a guy who could potentially see eight targets in this game, yeah, I do think Palmer could be that guy. So on the season, he only has 21 total targets, but we're not too concerned about that. We're concerned with him filling the 90% of the snaps, Keenan Allen, 37 routes run per game, right? Palmer's already been running 10 to 15 routes a week. He's had one game where he, two weeks ago where he played 20 plus routes. So he already has somewhat of a chemistry with the first team offense being the wide receiver four in the year, playing in most of these games, averaging at least 10 routes in all these games so far this year, and in some games touching 20 plus. So he has that chemistry. He has eight targets over his last four games. So Herbert has been looking his way. And now when you take out Keenan Allen, I think there's a lot of upside here. The 2021, this past year's third round rookie, six foot one, 210 pounds is ready to rock and roll. So Palmer is the number one wide receiver value right now. We'll see how high his ownership gets. The average person is not going to know who the hell this guy is, right? They don't even know who Jalen Guyton is on the own team. The guy was running 30 routes a week out there for the Chargers and Herbert already. So there you go. There's your top 10 values. Five at the running back, five at the wide receiver. I appreciate you tuning in. We smacked you. We smacked you around. Actually, in the, I actually did have another prop over DJ Moore, 55 and a half receiving yards. So there's your fourth prop. We got, we smacked you with four props. Price picks, use the code Sal on that. And the other props, you get a free bet up to $100. So there you go. I appreciate it. We're like 50 subscribers away from 45,000. So if you have a second, subscribe button pops up on the YouTube channel. I appreciate that a ton. And if you're interested in tracking the projections throughout the week as news comes up and ownership, the biggest piece in all of DFS, if you if you understand ownership, if you, if you have somebody's ownership projections, which I have down below on Patreon, you have a massive leg up. The only thing that matters in GPPs, the only thing, obviously there's other things, but the most important thing is ownership. So you can understand where you can get different. That is exactly why the entire Discord people were winning twenty dollars and $50,000 last week and even people just winning their first ever $1,000 or 500 That's why the Discord, the Patreon members were popping off because we nailed the leverage plays, the George Kittles, the Justin Jeffersons, the Miles Sanders. It doesn't happen every single week, but when it does happen, when you do nail the appropriate plays, you jump up the leaderboards and just win all the money. So if you want to come in there, you want to check that out down below on Patreon, you can check it out. So thank you for tuning in today. I'll see you in the next video that is going to be later today, Thursday night football video. And if you're watching this after Thursday night football happens, uh, we're going to have a top stacks video out Thursday. Final thoughts on Friday, very, very in-depth show. So be sure to be ready for that. And then Saturday, that one dude, Sunday live stream. So I'll see you when I see you again, and I'll see you all in the next one. Oh,